0: You're listening to the Cry
1: Radio. The following program deals with a controversial subject. One area of focus that has been discussed for a great period of time in the alternative research community has been the fate of hollow moon landings. The Neil would have at least wanted to be a role model for the next generation. Instead, he became essentially a recluse, a hermit. And on every anniversary, they would wind him up and trot him out in public. The most interesting one was during the Clinton years at the White House on the 25th anniversary, where do you remember what Armstrong said, the most stunning thing that an astronaut could say? He said two things. At the start of his speech, he compared himself and the other astronauts to birds, to parrots. And he then made a joke and he said, that parrots don't fly very well. Well, what else do Paris do? They eat. repeat what What's they're they told. Old. If you saw this original,
0: would you believe that this would commemorate the visit
1: of three astronauts on their world tour to the Netherlands presenting the uh, Dutch government with a piece of moon rock? Yes, you would. And then when you find that the whole thing is a complete fake, fake And you laugh about it, and NASA chose not to respond. Ah, I hear you say, but we know they landed on the moon because... Look, we photographed the landing sites. Oh, wow. Oh, genius. Oh, this is so good. God, please, I can forget it all now and go home and shut up and do something more interesting. No. They still haven't stopped faking things. I probably would have done what the other six said because I'm just as stubborn as anybody else. I don't need to prove to you that I went to the moon. I know I went. Well, I know for a fact you didn't walk on to me. That's fine. That's <laughs> f- It's okay if you know it. Do you understand that? <laughs> I went to the moon and back, and everyone that's a scientist knows it. Now, if you want to not believe it, it's okay, you know? It's okay, it's a better story. It ju- it's just happens to be a lie, that's all.
2: Hey everyone, welcome to Canary Cry Radio. My name is Basil.
3: And this is Gons. Welcome to episode number 086. 86. 86. Oh, I thought you were going to do something more exciting.
1: 86. <laughs> I'm smart. 86.
3: There it is. All right. One small step for man or one giant lie to mankind. Our guest today is the director, producer, and writer of the film, A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Moon. He's an award-winning filmmaker, writer, and investigative journalist who has been producing movies and television programs for 30 years. During this time, he has owned five production companies, been employed by two of the three major networks, and produced films shown on ABC, NBC, CNN, all the alphabet soup there, television programs, or television networks, as well as The Tonight Show with Jay Leno. He's also a monthly columnist for the Conspiracy Corner on the Sleuth Journal where he discusses every possible conspiracy topic imaginable from the apostasy of the church to Planet X. We are thrilled to have on the man who took a punch from the alleged astronaut, Buzz Aldrin, Bart Sabrell. Bart, how you doing?
1: I'm doing pretty. How about
2: yourself? Doing so good. Um, we're glad to have you on the show here. This is very cool. We actually uh, talked about you a little bit back in our moon episode, um, like we said some of, I don't know, 50 episodes ago or something. Um, so it's cool to have you on the show, full circle, straight from the horse's mouth. How are you doing today? Good. I'm
1: just getting used to cyberspace. You know, the fourth dimension is kind of throwing me off a little bit, but I'm starting to get used to it.
2: Yeah, I know. It's, it's a spooky thing. Um, right now, your voice is being recorded. And we will live on forever and ever and ever.
1: Wow, it's somewhere other than the NSA. That's amazing.
2: Ha <laughs> ha! There you go. Well, very cool. Like we said, um, very cool to have you on the show. And, um, I mean, we're going to talk about a lot of crazy stuff I suppose today. But I thought I would just get it out of the way. Get the elephant out of the room. Get it out there. And I apologize if this is a sore subject or, and we don't have to spend too much time with it, but taking a punch from Buzz Aldrin, I just want to know if it hurt or not. You seemed unfazed.
1: Well, it would be like me if I had walked up to him with a Bible and asked him to swear a Bible, whether he walked on the moon or not and, and tripped over a piece of garbage, I would just get back up and keep going. So that's what I did. Uh, you know, the guy uh, gets offended. It's not because I'm lying because if he really walked on the moon mm-hmm. saying otherwise would be like throwing a feather at him. I mean, if I walked on the moon and someone else thought otherwise, I would find that hysterical. I would say, sure. I'll swear on a stack of Bibles. You feel okay? Do you want me to do it again? It's a third time. Would that help? Right. But what he reacted as though I walked up to his wife beside him and said to him, well, how's your mistress doing?" Ooh. It was the fact that I was exposing the truth that made him angry, not yeah. that I was lying.
2: Yeah. Now it is interesting. You've you've gone up to what is it, six astronauts, and asked them to swear in the Bible, and how many have done it?
1: Uh, let's see. The two admitted atheists have done it. Uh, Buzz Aldrin uh, confided in me and said he did believe in God, and I suppose that's. One of the reasons why he refused to do it it was my understanding also that neil armstrong believed in god it's the people who believe in god according to their you know how they perceive god uh that they will not do it it's the ones who are the admitted uh, atheists who have sworn on the bible of course they're also the ones that curse a lot and are also violent most of the time as well i mean uh, alan Bean, uh, not alan Bean, it was an edgar mitchell went from saying you know i don't hit people and then two seconds later, he hit me when my back was to him. So he can't even not lie for two seconds. You got hit from, <laughs> you know? from another astronaut? Yeah, he uh, kicked me in the butt when I had my back to him right after he said <laughs> he doesn't hit people. I guess you haven't watched astronauts gone wild, have you? <laughs>
2: I haven't. I have. I got to say I have not. But that's very interesting. That's funny. So that's out there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to YouTube that sometime during uh, this episode. Yeah, if
0: your
1: listeners just one. want to go to, go to sabrell.com, S I B R E L.com, there'll be a link on there to Conspiracy Corner of the Sleuth okay. Journal as well as my YouTube channel. And they can go on there and watch a funny thing happen on the way to the moon. And then uh, if they go to the uh, Sleuth Journal article, uh, which is, uh, did we land on the moon, you know, with 1960s technology, there will be a link added soon to Astronauts Gone Wild. They'll have that in there, or they could look it up on the internet. It just won't be an HD version I'll uh, link to.
2: And I wouldn't be surprised if a, a really good number of our listeners have already seen it. So that'll be um, fun for them to go, go do a little rewatch.
3: So, you know, we don't have to spend too much time on the, on the fake moon landing just because, you know, your stuff's been out there for a while. But if you had to pick one thing that's the, like, the ultimate smoking gun for you that, you know, that proves that the whole mission to the moon was faked, what would it be? Like, if there was one piece of evidence that you can share?
1: Yeah, I would uh, have your listeners go to sabrell, S-I-B-R-E-L dot com, then click on the YouTube link, go to a funny thing happened on the way to the moon, and it's only 45 minutes long, and at about 32 minutes into it, you can see that three and a half years into this five-year project, I discovered unedited classified footage of uh, outbreaks from the first mission to the moon, where the astronauts who are claiming to be 135,000 miles away from the Earth or halfway to the moon are, in fact, still in Earth orbit. They only aired about maybe 10 seconds of this footage, but we have the hour of them doing this fake shot, over and over again, talking about how they're faking it, seeing how they're faking it. There's even a third channel of audio of the CIA uh, talking to them. We'll hear NASA say, hey, the TV picture looks great. Then there'll be exactly four seconds of dead air. And on the third channel of audio, you'll hear talk. And then the alarm sounds start speaking. So there's this third party who is counting off four seconds on a stopwatch the alarm song has an earpiece in, and he's told to not speak until four seconds have gone by. The reason is he's only about 200 miles above the Earth, orbiting the Earth for eight days. And if he answered immediately, then that would give away that he's that close to the Earth. So they counted off at approximate two seconds to get for the radio signal to get to him at that distance, two seconds to come back, and then re- reply so that it wouldn't give away that he was still in Earth orbit. Of course, this unedited footage in the film, a funny thing happened on the way to the moon, proves conclusively that they uh, never left Earth orbit. Even if you look at the, you know, the photographs that were allegedly taken in sunlight, I mean, we demonstrate this. You go out, you know, any day on a cloudless day at noon, you and a buddy, and just go stand out in a parking lot or your front yard, you'll see that your shadows and the shadow of the tree or the shadow of the telephone pole or the shadow of the mailbox, They're all running in the same direction. That's because the the sun is about a million times bigger than the Earth in volume. So you can't stand on the left side of the sun and your friends stand on the right side of the sun. That's impossible. So the shadows are always going to run in the same direction. But what we see in a lot of the Apollo pictures is that the shadows run at different directions and pretty quickly intersect. And a funny thing happened on the way to the moon. We even have one picture of two objects, you know, allegedly on the moon that are like three feet away from one another. And the shadows are going at a 95 degree angle. That is simply impossible to have been taken with sunlight, which is what they claim. There's no atmosphere on the moon. So it's supposed to be 20 times brighter than high noon on the earth. So the last thing you need is an electrical light or a flash or anything like that. However, The shadows do intersect, and, of course, that's because they're using one bright light source to simulate the sun. But, you know, one person can stand on the left side of an electrical light, you know, downrange, and another person kind of on the right side of the electrical light. That's what throws the shadows in different directions. That right there is proof. And then when you see television images of the astronauts allegedly kind of floating around in one-sixth gravity, I mean, it looks very convincing. Until if you have professional uh, editing equipment like I do, and you get double the speed, you're like, oh, it's so crystal clear. They're using slow motion. They're right. only getting an inch or two off the ground. They should be able to leap three feet, four feet, five feet into the air, which they don't. There's never even a picture of the huge Earth, which should be, what, six times bigger than a full moon in the background. It's, and it should be rotating you know, while they're there on the moon. They couldn't fake that. That's not in there. Then there's all this, you know, just logical evidence that, you know, uh, airplanes had been around for about 70 years prior to going to the moon. And yet, the 747 aircraft, which was also being developed during the same time as the moon rocket, took a year longer to develop than a, than a rocket taking people to another heavenly body for the very first time. And aircraft had been around for, you know, uh, seventy years, and they had made millions of aircraft, and yet it took 160 attempts to get the 747 off of the ground, and yet they went to the moon the very first time. Yeah, I mean, if it were so easy to go to the moon in the 1960s, there would be bases there by now. I mean, at the South Pole, They have 200-mile-per-hour winds, minus 200-degree Fahrenheit in winter, and yet there are bases there. Why? Because it's physically possible. If it were physically possible to have people on the moon, they would be there by now, especially when it's so easy to go in the 1960s 50 years ago. I mean, when Columbus sailed to America, it was only... Months or a year later when other people were sailing to America, when Lewis and Clark went west, it was only a half a year before everyone started going west. When Lindbergh flew across, across the Atlantic in 1927, it was very shortly after that that everyone started flying across the Atlantic. It wouldn't be 50 years between the first time and the second time people flew across the Atlantic. And yet we're to believe that with the moon missions. I mean, it's nothing but people's pride. In Obadiah, it says that your pride has caused your blindness. People do not want to accept this. And let me read this quote. This is a quote from Carl Sagan. Now, I'm sure all these people who like to believe that the moon landings are real, I'm sure they look up to Carl Sagan. But here's what Carl Sagan has to say. He said one of the saddest lessons of history is this. If we've been bamboozled long enough, we tend to reject any evidence of the bamboozle. We're no longer interested in finding out the truth. The bamboozle has captured us. It's simply too painful to acknowledge even to ourselves that we've been taken. Once you give a charlatan power over you, you almost never get it back. That's what a scientist said to his fellow scientists. Once you're fooled, you you don't want to admit it out of your own pride that you've been fooled. You will hold to it. I've talked to college professors who have told me to my face, if they saw an Apollo astronaut on national TV confessing that the moon landings were fake, they would still think they were real. Wow. Wow.
2: Yeah, and,
0: I mean, I
1: mean it, that
2: that, that's a great point. And that brings up something we talk about, you know, occasionally on the show, which is sort of the religion and faith involved in, in hard scientific study as well. It's They're not immune to it. And um, that's a good example of that. Now, if I believe correctly, your first movie came out in 2001. Is that yeah, correct? Yeah, that's right. So yeah. that's been about 14 years now, I kind of have a two-part question, which is, well, there might be two separate questions, but if, as you believe, the moon landing is fake, what does that change for you? What does that change for, um, for the, maybe our listeners?
1: Oh, what's the other part of the question?
2: The other part of the question is, um, you know, based on what it's changed for you or how it's impacted you, what have you been doing for the past Fourteen years. What, do you, how, what have you been up to? And um, uh, is it still sort of a, a relentless crusade to uh, find the truth?
1: Well, at the beginning of the film, a funny thing happened on the way to the moon. I showed the Tower of Babel, and according to the Bible, seeing you you're talking about a Christian perspective of this. The Bible says that the Tower of Babel was specifically built to boast to the neighboring nation that we can make a name for ourselves compared to other nations. Simply, the greatest technological achievement of mankind up until only about 150 years ago was how tall could you build a building without it collapsing on itself. So the greatest accomplishment of mankind at the very first you know, part of the Bible in the book of Genesis was can, what can we technologically do to prove we're better than the other people on the earth? course, God rebuked them. He never let them finish that tower. Jesus said to start off building a tower and just tell everybody you're going to build this tower and not being able to finish it makes you look like a fool to everybody else. Then we show in the film the Titanic, which at the time was the largest single machine ever built by the human race. And they put in print the ship that God himself could not sink. And again, their tower was never finished because it never completed the single voyage. And then Kennedy, who's not a scientist, he's just a political visionary. After they put a man in space, not even a single orbit around the Earth, just going from Florida to California in 15 minutes, Kennedy said a few days later, let us as the United States have the goal of putting a man on the moon before the end of the 60s, before December 31st, 1969. Now, of course, if they're not able to do this according to Jesus, they will be an object of ridicule to the other nations. So the United States, supposed to be the greatest nation on earth, now said we're going to build this tower and even gave a deadline. And if they don't do it, according to human nature, we will be an object of ridicule to everybody else. Well, it was proven that they cannot go because the lethal radiation don't have enough fuel and the lunar module couldn't perform properly and all these things. I mean, again, if the 747 and after millions and millions of aircraft had already been built and simply making a slightly larger one took a year longer than a rocket going to another world for the very first time, which was successful, it doesn't really make sense. So like in a game of poker, when they proved that it could not be done, They decided just to bluff, just to fake it. So the way I look at it is, if they could put a man on the moon, let's say they could travel to another world, plant a flag and come back and live to tell. That would have a certain level of significance historically to mankind. But if they couldn't go and they lied about it to the world, to college professors, to college students, to their wives, to their children, to other nations, And they embezzled billions of dollars. And they murdered people to keep their lie a secret. That is more profound of an event historically than if they had actually gone. Now, I started producing this film under the theory it might be true. When I found the classified footage, I said, well, that's it. It's not a theory. It's a fact they didn't go. I'm looking at them faking a shot over and over again right in front of my eyes. Mm. So what we have is one of the greatest events in human history is the faking of the moon missions out of arrogance, pride, and greed. And yet, only those people at the top know the truth. It's like having a cure for cancer and not telling anybody. Here we have this great error of our character not just as Americans, but as mankind, and we're afraid to admit it. And until we admit it, our character improvement cannot go forward. That's why it's so important. Right.
3: First off, the uh, the the interpretation of Genesis eleven four I found is is interesting. It's a different perspective than uh, something that I've looked at because you know it talks about they want to make a name for themselves lest they be dispersed or scattered and you know the the understanding that i have at least is that you know other nations and stuff were not created until after the languages were scattered and and so and so to to you know to say that they're trying to up the neighboring nations is sort of um i don't know i i don't see it that way but getting back on you know the space stuff do you think that they have developed technologies that may be able to travel Uh, you know, further beyond or to the moon or whatever since then, you know, because I I bring up someone like Ben Rich, who was uh, the head of Lockheed Skunk Works for years. He passed away, I believe, in the mid-90s. But he, you know, he worked on the SR-71 and the F-117 and other stealth projects. But one of the quotes that he's had several, you know, kind of bombshell quotes, but one of them that I found interesting was, Uh, it's, it's recorded in 1993 at an alumni speech at UCLA. He said, quote, we already have the means to travel to the stars, but these technologies are locked up in black projects and it would take an act of God to ever get them out to benefit humanity. Anything you can imagine, we already know how to do. And do you think that's just rhetoric or do you think there's, you know, there's some sort of black projects going on where they have, created some kind of you know, craft that can travel beyond the stars. Because, you know, you look at several triangle-shaped craft that ha- has been seen all throughout the world and several sightings, uh, you know, in Belgium in the 19, early 90s was a big one, and a lot of people believe that that is government craft, not necessarily extraterrestrial or interdimensional, demonic, or whatever. W- what are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, I think, yeah, I, I-, I like your... What you're bringing up in Genesis, first of all, that whether it's to boast to themselves or boast to a neighboring nation, the, the fact is it was to make a name for themselves, which is to boast,
0: Sure.
1: Uh, whether it's to, to their brother or to their neighbor or whoever. Now, these people who work for Skunk Works, they're in the same water cooler area as the people who fake the moon missions. The people who fake the moon missions don't care why you believe that they are real as long as you do believe that they're real. And remember, lying is their native language. So what you're saying is, should I believe what a liar said? No, you should not. Because, you know, they have all these films or suggestions. Well, they admit the, the Apollo pictures, yeah, the filmmakers are right, they are fake, they were take with electrical lighting, they were Taken in a studio, but the reason is, is because secret crews were sent on the other side of the moon to commune with aliens, which is a complete lie. You know, (laughs) they just want you to believe that that they have the capability to do things that they can't. That's the whole point of a boast. A boast is claiming you can do something that you cannot actually do. So for them to boast, well, we really have the technology to do this and that and the other, I would think they're just boasting like they've been doing for decades and lying like they're doing for decades. It was Von Braun who said the only way you could go, you know, to the moon or beyond, you know, would be to avoid the Van Allen radiation belt, which if your listeners don't know, that's a field of radiation that starts about a thousand miles above the earth and extends 25,000 miles thick beyond that. Van Allen who discovered the radiation and so humbly named it after himself and his first documents that were published in the magazine scientific America said they were 10 times more lethal than a dose that had a 50% chance of killing you. So to to later recant on his math of how severe the radiation was by, you know, 500% is ridiculous. Von Braun also said in the late fifties and published articles, to the idea of going to the moon nonstop in one rocket is ludicrous. It would take three rockets, each taller than the Empire State Building, each weighing ten times that of the Queen Mary. Now, the Apollo Saturn V rocket only weighed one-sixth as much as that. So, again, he recanted on his math. The only way that you could launch from Earth and go beyond without dying in the Van Allen radiation belt, according to their own writings, would be to launch at the North Pole or the South Pole where you can go through that little opening in it. But we know when the space shuttle launched below uh, 40 degrees that that caused the O-rings to come apart. So if they can't launch at 40 degrees Fahrenheit, how are they going to launch at minus 40 degrees Fahrenheit? I don't mm. see how that's possible. I think they're just, you know, continuing lying, claiming, you know, it's like me telling you, hey, you know, I have cold fusion. I can do it right here, but I'm sorry I can't show it to you. Right, do you yeah. believe me?
3: <laughs> well, I find it interesting because, you know, there is something to be said about if you look at communications technology in the last 20, 30, 40 years, I mean, it's, it's progressed so, you know, substantially, But when you look at transportation technology, on the other hand, I mean, we're still, again, like you said, we're still using rockets, you know, and the rocket propulsion has been around for a really long time. And it seems to me that, you know, if they did find some sort of alternative energy source for propulsion vehicles and stuff like that, they wouldn't necessarily want to deploy that per se, because it would bring down the oil industry. And so, you know, I don't know, there's logical explanations, at least in my mind, that you know to keep some of those technologies secret so you don't think they have anything of the sort any kind of you know crafts there's no
1: doubt they have secret technology i'm not saying they don't but whether whether or not they have the capability of going to the moon today i would say no they don't because otherwise they would be on the moon i mean they want to they're trying so hard as the wave of humanity is becoming more and more aware that the moon landings are fake. I mean, in fact, we're the only nation that that more than 50% of the population believes that the moon landings are real. All the other nations know better than that because we're brainwashed through, through misdirected, you know, patriotism. The longer they cannot repeat the event makes the likelihood of the event taking place in the 1960s with that technology on the first attempt A complete lie. So they would love to go back to the moon, desperately trying to prove that the moon landings are real, but they haven't done it. Why? Because they cannot do it. Again, there are bases at the South Pole where it's 200 degrees below zero, 200 mile per hour winds, and they're there because it can, albeit barely, be accomplished. So if there could be bases on the moon, there would be bases on the moon. Surely. I mean, if, if the United States invented a microwave oven in the 60s, don't you think within 50 years the Japanese could invent a microwave oven? I, I think so. So if we can put a man on the moon so easily in the 1960s, if it were possible to be done, the Japanese would be on the moon. They would have been on the moon 30 years ago. The Soviets would have been on the moon 30 years ago, mm-hmm. right? The Chinese. But they're not. Because it cannot be done. It's that
2: simple. Mm. That's interesting. That's a, It's an interesting, very final sort of stand to take that it, it just literally is not possible unless there was some technological marvel that could withstand the Van Allen belt, maybe some sort of UFO technology with the gravity nodes and such and such and such. Um, I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are on things like UFOs, um, whether they be extraterrestrial or, uh, you know, something of our own doing. Um, what do you, what do you got to say about those suckers?
1: Well, uh, from uh, people who've done research into such things, they say every single astronaut has been a Mason. So including the women, they have their own little Masonic lodge, I forget the name of it, what it's called. Uh, but the point is, that uh, the, the guy, uh, Ed, Edgar Mitchell, you know, who has adamantly said he walked on the moon when he did not, also says that UFOs are real. Now, why did he lie and say he walked on the moon when he didn't? Well, I'll tell you why. Because he was told to do so. And the people writing his paycheck told him to do it, so he did it. So, why is he saying UFOs are real? I'll tell you why. Because he is told to do so. So, do you really think we can trust a guy who says the moon landings are real when they're not? Get this. If he says the moon landings are real and they're not, and he says aliens are real, guess what? They're also not real. They want you to believe in aliens. The last time I was in a hotel room, I'm bored. I'm flipping the channels, pulling out the HBO guide, okay? There's 10 movies on HBO to choose from. Three of the 10, a third of them, are movies about aliens from outer space. And you can imagine, if three of the 10 movies were about how great of a president Obama is, or three of the movies were about how terrible a president Obama is, you would think, I think someone's trying to manipulate my mind here a little bit. Don't you find it odd that a third of the, of the movies out at random on HBO are trying to convince us that aliens from outer space are real? The Vatican's trying to convince us. These lying astronauts who claim the moon landings are real their entire life when they're not, they want to also convince us that, that aliens are real right. because something's coming down the pike that they want us to accept that. Yeah. You know, don't I you think, think Gonzo you... and, and I was going to say, Gonzo has done a great job proving that fallen angels are masquerading as aliens from outer space. Right. And, you know, we we talked a little bit about it, we may, in the rest of this conversation, about Planet X, its dead world, may show up, cause the biblical tribulation. And it would be a great opportunity to use that as misdirection. Right. The aliens come out of the sea or the bottomless pit or wherever they're hiding... And suddenly, and when this planet appears, even though it's completely dead, and they claim they're from this planet, they're right. liars. You yeah. think they're going to tell everybody that they're really fallen angels? Well, that would mean the Bible is true. God is true. Jesus is true. Judgment is true, which means those are the very things they don't want you to know.
2: Yeah, no, and that's a good point. and And that, I'm glad you got to finish because I was going to give you a chance to um, talk about that a little bit more. I think, first of all, I was going to say that, uh, I mean, don't you think it's a little dangerous to assume that a liar only tells lies and can't tell the truth, but we're going to move into, at some point in this interview, talking about the great deception here. Um, Could it be possible that that these astronauts maybe truly believe that there are aliens or UFOs or truly do believe that they went to the moon,
1: however... Maybe through and our all these perspective, guys are, are at that angels. level. Yeah, all these guys are at that 33, le- you know, Masonic degree level where they all know the same truths about the same things. Mm-hmm. And when, when they say in the same interview, the moon landings are real and aliens are real, they're tying these two things together. That, that makes it especially you know, suspicious. Now, if the guy said, Hey, I just got back from the 7 Eleven and bought an Icy, and he's drinking an Icy, I'd say he probably he's telling the truth about that. But when he specifically goes on national TV and in the previous breath says the moon landings are real, and in the next breath says aliens are real, and this is the whole point of the interview, I would say, well, Look out. You know, the guy is trying to deceive us. He spent right. his whole life is nothing but based on a deception by the government. And as a government-lying agent, he specifically wants us to believe him when he tells us that aliens are real, which means we should specifically not believe him.
2: Right. Now, before we move too far away just from the science of of space, do you believe that um, because the Van Allen belts, uh, the human species is pretty much... Imprisoned here on planet Earth that will will never get too far off of it?
1: Well, I wouldn't necessarily call it a prison. You know, the, the sad truth is we spend uh, you know, like a billion to a billion and a half dollars to map out the surface of Venus with satellites better than the Earth has been mapped out. And yet, you know, 30,000 people die a day of starvation and not having clean drinking water. Now, if we're really an intelligent species, that we right. like to believe that we are. Shouldn't we, you know, give our fellow humans clean drinking water before we take a billion dollars and throw it in a fireplace? I no. mean, is that, is that really the smart thing to do? <laughs> <laughs> I think we'd all I mean, agree
2: that it's not.
1: <laughs> well, I found a scripture the other day that says that there's not life on other worlds. Now, you would think, That, you know, because of the abundance of the stars, that mathematically possibility there really should be. But there are two great books out. One is called One Cosmos Under God, and the other is called Privileged Planet. Now, we know that the Earth is the right distance away from the sun and tilted the right way and things like that. Well, they go into even greater detail about how the molecular level of the DNA and the electron and the photon have to be in such perfect exact size and shape that the slightest degree off would basically cause no life whatsoever, even at a a cell level to exist. What they're saying is that the odds of life on Earth existing randomly like winning the Powerball 20 times in a row, meaning it's impossible. And if you go to Revelation, I think it's chapter 21, verse 3, it says that after judgment, after the return of Christ, God will make a new heaven and a new earth, and he will dwell with us. Now, the Bible says that God does not show partiality. He is not a respecter of persons. So if there's life on other worlds, and he's going to dwell with us and not them, and certainly we're not deserving of that with our track record, then that means he's showing partiality. So the only way he can be consistent with the scriptures and his character of not showing partiality, if he is to dwell with us for eternity, is if there's not life on other worlds. What a surprise. What was that What the government wants you to believe is the exact opposite of the truth. Right.
2: What was that scripture that you mentioned about um, there not being life on other planets or another
1: world? Well, that's Revelation 21, 3, I believe. Okay. Uh, it's either that or 23. I'll get my Bible out here. It basically says, I can read it here. Revelation chapter 21, 3. It says, and I, <clears throat> and I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. Okay? Right before that, Revelation 21.1 says, I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth have passed away. Okay? So uh, it also says in Second Peter that the earth is going to be destroyed with fire, and the elements will be laid bare and burned. Right? So I guess... We're going to be getting rid of the old earth, and we're going to have a new earth, and according to Revelation 21, 3, God is then going to personally dwell with us. Well, we know it says, says elsewhere in the scriptures that God does not show partiality. He is a fair God. He treats the rich and the poor equally. Yeah. Okay, so if he's dwelling with us, the people of earth, mm-hmm. personally for the rest of eternity— and not dwelling with these and aliens, you know, humanoid aliens, you know, then he's disrespecting them. Then he is showing partiality to dwell with us, but not with them. The only way he cannot show partiality is if they don't exist. Yeah, You see? Could, that's now, do you, books, do
2: you see that as sort of a, a manifestation or a humanization of God being in one place at one time? Because I believe that God is... Personally,
1: with me all the time well I understand what you're saying and maybe at that point in that dimension where we are connected you know Mm -hmm. that is true this is talking about a future point where he will physically as much as God can be limited will physically be here in personality and in presence all in one place all at one time and he says that you know Jesus is the lamp and God is the light we will not need the Sun and they will be, and he will dwell with us forever. So, again, what the government and these people who lie and say they walked on the moon when they didn't, what they want us to believe, remember? They want us to believe vaccines are okay when they're not. They want us to believe fluoride is good for us when it's not. And they're, science. they're trying so hard to get us to believe in aliens from outer space. Right. And, of course, what is the truth? It's always the exact opposite yeah. that we're in. We're it. According to the Bible, we're it. That's it. According to these scientists in Privileged Planet and in One Cosmos Under God, life on Earth should not even exist statistically. I mean, we shouldn't even be here. The only way we could possibly be here and have everything perfect down to the DNA, down to the tilt of the earth and the distance from the sun, is with the divine creator. That's the only mathematical explanation for it. Once you read these, you know, books that will practically give you a headache to do so, which I have, but they, uh, they prove this mathematically. It has to be a creator. And according to the Bible... He says he's going to dwell with us personally in the future, and according to the Bible, he does not show partiality, and the only way that could be true is if we're it. There's not life in other worlds. You see, what the government wants us to believe, the exact opposite is the truth. I mean, and that's why this whole moon thing kind of ties in. People say, well, respected scientists believe the moon landings are real, and the encyclopedias say it's real. So it must be real. But you have to understand, all of the scientists of the day at one time thought the earth was flat. All of the astronomers thought that the earth was the center of the solar system. All of the doctors thought that the way to get rid of a virus was to bleed it out of view. And all of the senators and congressmen thought Nixon was honest. You see? Yeah. So just because you have accreditation and a majority. That doesn't mean it's right. In fact, the majority has always been wrong 100% of the time throughout history. The majority worshiped Baal rather than God. The majority thought Jesus was not the Messiah. You see? (laughs) The majority has always been wrong, only proved later in a successive generation. Here's a quote from a gentleman named Arthur Schoenpower. He said, All truth passes through three stages. Mm -hmm. First, it is ridiculed, right? This is what happened when my film came out. Then it is violently opposed. I got punched in the face for it. And then third, it says, and then finally, it is accepted as self-evident. George Orwell said, in an age of universal deceit, telling the truth is a revolutionary act. He also said, Whoever controls the past controls the future. You see, as long as we let these people stay in power, lying about the past, you see, they're controlling the past. They're desperately trying to keep the moon landings real when they're not. And he warns us, whoever can control that past is who is controlling our future. That's why it's so important. You know, a guy robs a bank, gets away with a million, he's just going to... Steal two million the next time and four million the next time. And these people, they killed Kennedy, they faked the moon landing. God forbid they did nine eleven and killed three thousand people. And who knows whatever else they're doing. And they just keep getting away with that.
2: Right. And I think you're yeah. gonna find that you uh, that you have that in common with most of our listeners, that uh, there's not a lot of trust for the government and the history of our Government and nation, and, and we're all sort of on board with that. Now, on that topic, we've kind of skimmed past the Great Deception a few times here. Now, now is that something you're on board with? Or do you have a pretty conventional view of the Great Deception? You, you obviously don't believe in aliens. You believe I, I believe you believe that uh, they're fallen angels, and it's all part of the. End plan, if you will. Am I correct in thinking that?
1: Is that what you're referring to as the Great Deception?
2: <laughs> um. Yeah, the Great Deception being, you know, UFOs actually being a, a sort of a, a ruse by uh, the devil or Lucifer. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, you can uh, if if again, if your listeners go to sabrell.com, dot link on Conspiracy Corner, go down to this article that says uh, are aliens from outer space real or something like that. There are the top two UFO people, I don't know their names, but they're they're listed in the article, one French guy, one American, who has spent decades interviewing adoptees, you know, Roswell, all of this stuff, and they both made the same conclusion a couple of years ago, which they pronounced at this, you know, uh, National Press Club panel of UFO people. They said UFOs are real, but they are not from outer space, they're from Earth. They thought they had a, what they referred to as a demonic origin. I don't know if there's going to be a UFO deception in the future. I can tell you this, that Malachi Martin, who left the Jesuit order you know, and disavowed them uh, about 10, 15 years ago in referring specifically to the Vatican's most powerful telescope, which is the most powerful telescope on Earth, is owned by the Vatican. It's in Arizona. The name of the telescope is called the Lucifer telescope and he said the higher you know governance of the vatican know what is approaching earth and that it will play a significant part in human history in the very near future now some people think he's referring to a mothership or something like that i think he's referring to planet x you know with the weather channel just did this amazing special on rogue planets and how there are more rogue planets free-floating planets you know, floating around randomly in the universe, then there are planets orbiting suns. There's twice as many. They're kind of trying to prepare us, you know, when and if this thing shows up, you know, they'll be able to say, see, we told you so. Mm-hmm. And, the, you know, the, the nickname for Planet X as it has come looped around the Earth time and time again throughout biblical and secular history has always been the dragon. It looks like a red ball with a tail of meteor showers on both sides of it, so it has wings. The Chinese, in the year 1045, called it the Red Dragon. Well, what is the name for the dragon? Lucifer. So they nicknamed the telescope Lucifer. They're tracking, I believe, Planet X. In fact, in the late 80s, I had a high-ranking source at NASA, and he told me, Bart, you're absolutely right. The moon landings are fake. But then he also said, but don't waste your time and energy making a movie about the moon landings are fake there's many more important things to make a movie about. I said, oh, please tell me, what? He said, Planet X. He said it was discovered through radar in the uh, Eisenhower administration. It was confirmed through the Pioneer and Voyager spacecraft, whose sole purpose was to triangulate the location of Planet X. And he told me in the late 80s, it's going to show up in the second half of the second decade of the 21st century. Wow, that was like 30 years into the future. I said, yeah, whatever. And I went ahead and made my, you know, moon landing hoax documentary anyway. Well, now here we are. (laughs) Janet Napolitano, okay? She did her kind of Eisenhower version of military industrial complex speech. The very last day she was in office, just like Eisenhower did. Eisenhower, a general who knew the cost of war, who knew when we should have military and when we should not warned us that the military corporations to make money profiteering off a of war were taking a stranglehold on his government. He warned us the last day was in office. Now, Janet Napolitano, Homeland Security Director, the day she left office a few months ago, said there was a coming natural disaster that she was resigning, so she would not have to deal with. She said a natural disaster the likes of which the united states has never before seen is likely on its way but what have we seen we've seen volcanoes in washington we've seen hurricanes you know in louisiana in the gulf and new england now we've seen tornadoes in arkansas we've seen earthquakes california what have we not, what disaster have we not seen that's a natural disaster there's only one thing one region outer space comet Asteroid, rogue planet. You see this? (laughs) And why do you think Obama, almost all of his executive orders, have to do with what to do in the event of a national emergency? They even went down like seven steps to 12 steps who's in charge of the Department of Transportation in case the first six guys can't be found. Everything is about what to do in the event of a national emergency. Now, if you saw me suiting up with rubber boots a raincoat, and an umbrella, and then walking out the door, what would you think? It was going to rain, Bart. That's right. So if they're preparing all these legal to make sure that they can legally do these things in the event of a national emergency, guess what's coming in our future? A national emergency. You see this? They're not bending over backwards, writing these executive orders in great detail, giving them legal authority to round you up and, you know, quarantine you, which is another name for arrest, and to confiscate your personal property and to conscript you into labor, meaning turning you into a slave. They have just given themselves legal rights to do all of this stuff in the event of an actual emergency. Guess what's coming down the pike? A natural emergency, right? And that's the thing. You know, you cannot predict an earthquake, you cannot predict a volcano, but a comet or an asteroid or a planet heading our way, you can predict exactly through mathematical calculations. Yeah, and that's exactly what they're getting ready for, according to my source at NASA, who told me the moon landings were fake.
2: Yeah, well, it's very interesting because we did just have um, a guest on last episode about almost exclusively about planet x so our listeners are
1: well, quite versed.
2: well versed at this point in um, in planet x now you said that your buddy said it was going to become a problem in the second half of the second decade of i guess the second century of uh, the
1: 21st century that's 21st what he said century, in the late- that's what I
2: mean, yes <laughs> yeah that
1: would be so between would be now starting 2020
2: now. Yeah. Right. So you think now, this there's a is very soon in, uh, soon in coming?
1: Well, I can tell you this. You know, I was the biggest fan of the moon missions than probably anybody on the entire planet. Mm-hmm. I had an entire bedroom wall, nothing but pictures of Apollo 11 up from the age of 4 to 14. And if you've read the New Testament or the whole Bible, there's not much humor in it. You know what I mean? It's kind of depressing. Everyone's blowing it time and time again, but there's a little bit of humor in the New Testament. When Paul is converted and the disciples are like, you want to let who into the house? The Christian killer? (laughs) You know? But he was converted and he said, God said he's my chosen instrument. What better testimony of the truth than to have a Christian killer become their leading advocate? So now I went from being the biggest fan of the moon missions to being the biggest critic of the moon missions, you know, because I, I'm just, you know, looking for the truth. Well, according to the Bible, there in Revelation 12:1, there's a, a scripture that says a sign appeared in heaven. Now, in Genesis, that term sign is first used about the constellations and their alignment having to do with when to celebrate the feast days. Well, there is an alignment taking place in 2016 during Passover that some believe is uh, being talked about in Revelation 12.1. And it talks about the virgin with the moon at her feet and 12 stars at her head. That's the moon, constellation Virgo, virgin, and nine stars and three planets. That alignment takes place in 2016. Then shortly after that, it says another sign appeared in heaven, the fiery red dragon of gold. Some people believe that represents Planet X. So the way I look at it, when I first started looking into the moon film, the shadows didn't intersect, the Russians were more advanced, two of the three astronauts didn't give interviews. I said, you know, there's at least a one out of four chance that the moon missions are fake. When I find this classified footage, I'm like, well, I guess it's four out of four. With all the research I've done on Planet X, about five years worth, I'd say there's at least a one out of three chance that it's true. Now, if you drive a car, you probably get a flat tire, I would say, maybe one out of 1,500 trips. However, you might consider it foolhardy, even though those odds are so remote, not to have a spare tire and a jack. Now, if there's a one out of three chance that half to 90% of the people on the earth are going to die in the very near future, I take that very seriously. And it's better to have something you don't need than to need something you don't have. It wouldn't hurt, you know, to kind of stockpile, you know, food, water, whatever else you think is going to happen. According to the Seals of Revelation, the next seal is financial collapse. It talks about a loaf of bread being sold for a day's wage. That's about $100. And I'm sure if you follow alternate, you know, media, everybody, very sound people have been talking about, you know, a financial collapse is inevitable. Like a stack of cards. You can start stacking those cards up, building a little, you know, card house, but at some point, the weight, even of the little cards is going to collapse itself. It can only go so high and then it's going to happen. Then the next seal is pestilence, you know, which is disease, probably, you know, real and probably some, you know, Fakes just to kind of quarantine people. I think the government is doing incremental martial law. I have a friend from Iceland who says he does not want to ever step foot in America because it's a police state. Already, some believe we have, you know, martial law, what they call soft martial law. I was in a car, I had a headlight out. I got pulled over because one of my passengers was black and I'm white. We got separate interviews outside of the car to see if we were dealing drugs. Now, this wow. is from from police, you know, and not too big of a town, you know, and that's what they do if you have a headlight out. So I think the next thing that happens, economic collapse, they they issue something like ration cards like they did during World War II, and they have extra police at the grocery stores and at the banks. It's not martial law, even though it is, but they're not going to call it that, of course. It's just extra security for the grocery stores and banks. Then the next thing, according to the Book of Revelation, is The pandemic, probably real, probably fake as well. And then they're going to have quarantines. Well, again, they're not going to call martial law martial law, even though that's what it is. They're going to quarantine you and say you can't leave your house or you have to leave and go here. And then eventually, you know, it's going to get worse and then they're going to have to do full scale martial law. Even the book, you know, in the Old Testament, it refers to the day of the Lord. Now, before I knew the Bible too well, I thought that meant the You know, first coming of Christ, the day of the Lord. Biblical scholars finally said, no, Bart, that's a judgment day. That's the second coming of the Messiah. It says that a mortal man will be rarer than gold. One of the seals of Revelation kills a quarter of the people on the earth. That's a billion and a half people. Another seal of Revelation kills another third of the remaining people. That's another billion and a half people. That's already half the people on the earth dying from just two of seven seals of Revelation. Jesus said in Luke 21, men's hearts will melt with fear because of the signs in the heaven. The stars will fall from, from heaven like ripe figs. It says, the tossing and the turning of the seas. Well, I think that's a tidal effect from Planet X. Many prophets see the oceans coming in by a hundred miles, but tossing and turning of the seas. Ninety percent of the world's population lives in coastal areas. I mean, even if they can move out in time, you have all those people dying. In Isaiah, it says that gold will be thrown into the street as worthless. It will not save them. If you go to these online, you know, alternate news magazines, you see, you know, which are people trying to, you know, just get the truth out there because mainstream will not do it because they're owned by the liars. You see all these ads to buy gold. Well, there's a finite amount of gold, just like stock in the Coca Cola Company. And everyone is trying to convince these above average intelligence people who go to, you know, alternate news to buy gold. It's going to be, you know, it's going to protect you against the coming economic collapse. But wait a minute. If there's a finite amount of gold and all these people are trying to sell their gold, Why are they selling it if it's so valuable? Because the only people who own huge amounts of gold are the elite liars at the top. And what are they doing? They're unloading all of their gold. Right. So you see, that's a deception. Gold is not going to help you. If I have a gallon of clean drinking water and you have a sack of gold, the same size, even though right now it's worth a million dollars a year or two from now, it's going to be worth less than a gallon of clean water. Yeah. And so they're trying to unload their... Why do you think they're propping the stock market up? They're doing it because they want to sell all of their stock at as much money as they can get for it. They're trickle-selling their stocks as to not cause a crash, and they keep inflating it with all of these fake numbers from the government so they can sell their stocks. They're doing the same thing with gold. You see the dollar going up? Well, what does that mean? <laughs> I tell you, the dollar going up proves that it's about to crash because they're deliberately inflating the dollar so they can sell their dollars Right. <laughs> at the highest amount possible. There's all these stories, these rich people they're buying bunkers, they're buying, you know, uh, safe havens, you know, elsewhere around the world, they know what's coming.
3: Sure. And it, you just to take a step back a little bit from what you were talking about earlier with, um, you know, uh, the Lucifer project and everything else, it's so ironic because right as you were talking about that, I got a tweet from Elon Musk of Tesla and, you know, he's an inventor and all this stuff, entrepreneur. He tweeted out, watch live coverage of the departure of at SpaceX, hashtag dragon. And they're, I'm watching this live footage from NASA right now. They're about to drop the dragon <laughs> down to earth, which is kind of, you know, I don't know if it's symbolic or what, but. I just thought it was interesting. Um, Well, it is when they say they're
1: when they say they're launching a satellite to, you know, study, you know, oceanic life or whatever the excuse is. You better believe what it's really doing is something completely different. They can't hide a launch anymore.
0: Sure, people are
1: going to see launches going up. But what these things are really doing from the from the claimed use of it are likely completely different. Sure, Dragon. I I think that has something to do with studying the dragon, planet X. That's what the whole point of the dragon telescope, Lucifer telescope, is about. Right, yeah. The whole thing was built to track one object, planet X. Now, there's a great, again, there's a great weather channel video. I think you can only see it on Vivo. It's not on YouTube. And they say if planet X only loops in and out between Saturn and Jupiter, it would still likely cause biblical tribulation on Earth. There's only one really thing that could cause all of these things, the earthquakes, the meteor showers, the tidal effects. When, when, when Jesus said, you know, it would be a greater tribulation than in all the history of the world, and unless that was cut short, no one would survive. People assume it must be nuclear war because that's all that they have in their imagination repertoire. They have no concept that that planet X could cause all of these things worldwide. It's, it's the perfect thing that fits into Bible prophecy. In fact, I talked for hours on a flight once with the writer of the best-selling book, I don't know how many years ago, 10 years it came out, Planet X, and he described all the geological effects it would cause on planet Earth just coming near the Earth. And I said, well, have you ever read the Bible? He said, no. I said, don't you realize you're describing exactly what the Bible says is going to happen in the last days, a greater tribulation been in the entire history of the world, an increase of earthquakes, meteor showers. Isaiah says the earth will wobble like a drunkard. The earth will be moved out of its place. People don't realize that prior to 775 B.C., check with the rabbis and the Jewish calendar. Check with the Mayan astronomers, the Chinese astronomers, the Egyptian astronomers. The earth had a 360-day year. Up until 775 B.C. right, And then within a five-year period, all of those calendars, the Mayan, the Egyptian, the Chinese, and the Israeli calendars, they all changed to a 365 and a quarter day. Well, what happened? Well, that was at the same point in the Book of Kings where the sundial or the shadow on the steps went backwards. I think that's a previous passing of Planet X. It pulled the Earth further away from the sun, causing it to take an extra five and a quarter days. It says the earth will be pulled out of its place. Right in Isaiah, when it talks about the coming judgment day, it says the earth will wobble like a drunkard. Well, there's, you know, only scientists at the South Pole, so they're not going to necessarily tell us the truth. But at the North Pole, there's all these Eskimo people who says the earth is wobbling. More than normal, and of course, that's where you notice it the most, at the North or South Pole. He said the wind is blowing in the wrong direction. The snow drifts are in the wrong direction. The sun is rising in the wrong direction. All these things are happening. There's a tenfold increase of earthquakes in the last 10 years. The people who study volcanoes say they have no explanation. They have no idea why so many volcanoes are going off all at once. Well, according to this Weather Channel special, it's amazing, prior to this special... Anyone who talked about Planet X was a conspiracy kook. And right. suddenly the Weather Channel special, which comes out on the, on the spring solstice, the same day the Iraqi war started and the same other pagan day that CERN's going to be turned on and all these other things, they released, you know, Rogue Planet, and they put it out how it's completely logical to have a rogue planet. There's twice as many than there are ones orbiting the stars, and here's exactly what would happen if it came only... Between Jupiter and Saturn, it would still cause amazing climate change on Earth, because it would pull Jupiter and Saturn slightly away from the Sun, which in turn would pull the Earth further away from the Sun. So here's the thing. Global warming and global cooling could both be true at the same time. Because when we're pulled further away from the Sun, we have a mini ice age, which NASA's Top's climatologists said we are absolutely due for a for cold ice age starting now, right? Wow. And then it would also put us closer toward the sun for the other half of the year, causing global warming. You see how there's this debate? Is it happening? Because it's getting colder, so it can't be true, but it's also getting hotter. So it must be true. You see how they can both be true at the same time? Right? <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, yeah.
3: That's interesting. Bringing it back to the Bible real quick. And, you know, I just want your thoughts on this because in Age of Deceit, the first film, I really talk about how, you know, the whole great deception, the UFO deception, and, you know, they're they're probably demonic in nature and that fallen angels are behind it and things of that nature. I haven't moved off that, but I have since thought that it's possible that two things, one, that again, a lot of these crafts that are being seen in the skies are definitely like government craft either secret technologies with um you know advanced propulsion or whatever but on the other hand you know there are a lot of uh footage from nasa and i know you don't trust nasa whatsoever but they they don't they don't necessarily want this footage to be out there it's people who have um pointed it out it's just interesting to see a lot of the sts missions that have caught things in outer space in particular there's um There's one, I can't remember the exact STS mission, but I mean, there's blatantly something intelligently moving outside. And I I, I thought to myself, well, you know, this thing's got to be really big and all this stuff. And the people that are pointed out, they're not necessarily trying to cover it up. In fact, NASA tries to cover it up. They tried to like move the camera and stuff like that. Um, Well, that...
1: All of that, you got to be careful. All of that should be Sure, sure. But yeah, uh, The idea that they're trying to hide it, the idea that it accidentally gets leaked out, all of that adds to the credibility of it, which they know. You know, I played a, a game of poker once with this guy who was so much better than me. He did like a quadruple bluff. He, I knew he was bluffing, which I knew he wanted me to know, therefore he wasn't, which is what he figured I would do, therefore he bluffed me one step beyond that. And this whole accidentally leaked out and we tried to hide it, but we couldn't only adds to the credibility of it, which means all of what preceded it could be completely staged so that you believe in it. Sure. Well, my, my,
3: my, my question, my question surrounding it though, was, is it possible that some of these things that are being seen, not just in NASA, but like just in general with people seeing things, is it possible that they're actually, you know, and this might be a little bit, um, you know might take people off guard a little bit but could it be god's chariots because there's a passage psalm 68:17 it talks about the chariots of god are twice 10,000 thousands upon thousands and the lord is among them i mean that's 20,000 of god's chariots and then you have you know second kings talks about the chariots of fire that surrounded the the you know the camp over in um, you know with elijah and his servant i'm just considering the possibility that some of these things that God's chariots, that God's angels—you know, whatever that may look like in terms of interdimensional travel or, or whatnot—they may be kind of stationed out, you know, in the atmosphere and you know, just keeping tabs on stuff. What are your thoughts I would,
1: I would, on that? I would I would caution that uh, line of thinking for this reason. I once was in a synagogue and I heard a rabbi say that when Elijah laid on top of the son of the widow who was staying with to bring the boy back to life. It was actually CPR mouth to mouth. The rabbi said it wasn't a miracle. There was some physical explanation for it. Just remember that when Jesus ascended into heaven, there was no spacecraft. They didn't say, you know, some, you know, shiny silvery thing came by and a door opened and, and a beam of light, you know, zapped him into it. He ascended with supernatural ability. Now, the fallen angels, on the other hand, they have been around for thousands of years, and they could have technological, you know, know know-how. So if, if anything like that happens, I would say it's definitely the fallen angels. They're the ones who need machines and technology because they have lost their supernatural ability. God, on the other hand, doesn't need anything to levitate himself up into the heavens or anybody or anything he chooses he doesn't need mouth to mouth or cpr to bring the dead back to life it's the fallen angels who would need stuff like that right. you, you know maybe there is going to be some sort of alien deception it all boils down to the world doesn't want people to believe in god they want to believe that a leopard gave itself spots they want to believe that a gear factory blew up and it fell into a grandfather clock ticking. You know, even though that is completely illogical. I mean, you look at the human body, you cut it open, and everything is departmentalized. The lung is not the heart, and the heart is not the liver, and the kidney is not the spleen, and the eyes not the ear. And yet they all work together in perfect harmony. Now, that is a design. So how can a cell without a brain design something higher than itself? That's not, it's the exact opposite of logic, sure. and yet that's what we're told. The whole alien thing, the interesting thing about that is, you know, that show I'm sure you're familiar with, you know, ancient aliens or whatever. Well, What they say, which is really interesting, is that humans were created. And in fact, there's a project came out about five, ten years ago called the Eve Project. What that was is they took DNA blood samples from all nationalities around the earth, from Eskimos, Africans, South Americans, Scandinavians, and they were able to do a, a DNA tree backwards. And they said all humans came from one woman, just like the Bible said. So that's a problem, because that has now been proven scientifically. And what a surprise, immediately after that, a show comes on to say, well, okay, that science is true, but we were made from aliens from outer space and not God. Well, here's the thing. According to the book of Isaiah, when it talks about Lucifer, it says he ascended, or he wants to ascend to the throne of God. Now, if you're right, Gonzo, and that aliens are actually uh, fallen angels in disguise, then what they're saying is, is that we were made by aliens, which is, we were made by fallen angels and who's the leader of the fallen angels, Satan. Right. So what they are saying is that we were made by Satan rather than we were made by God. Sure. Yeah. And that's what they're actually saying. Yeah. and, and And so that's, That matches the Bible exactly, because he wants to assume the place of God. That's why the papacy is the Antichrist. He's the place of God on earth. God's vicar on earth, vicar of Christ in three rows. You know, Roman numerals to numbers, that's at the 666. I mean, it's right there in front of you. And it's just the disguise. What's the best disguise of Satan to be the, the most benevolent religious leader on the earth? What's the best way to poison people? to pause as a doctor trying to help you. You see? (laughs) I mean, it's so ironic that who gets a National Congressional Medal of Honor? The biggest liar on the planet, Neil Armstrong. (laughs) It's, (laughs) It's so pathetic and so obvious. You know, someone told me, you know, six months, a year ago, whatever a politician says, believe the exact opposite. And then you'll know what they're saying. It's like, oh, yeah. that makes perfect sense. Right. And I do, uh, you know, it's
2: really interesting. The, the longer I do this show, um, I'm still able to, you know, hear something new and uh, kind of have it stretch my brain a little bit. Because it's not very often that you hear people saying uh, what you're saying, you know, which is every single thing, even that we start to uh, believe and we think is so crazy conspiracy theory could possibly be a plant as well.
1: Well, you know, you talked about the, the terminology, the great deception, there's a book out there, I haven't read it, but here it's fantastic. It's called The Great Controversy. Mm-hmm. And what it does is it talks about what happened in heaven before the creation of life on earth. The angelic war in heaven between Lucifer and his followers, which were one third of the people in heaven, uh, one-third of the angels, and then the rest. It, it's, everything is a battle between good and evil. Everything is a battle between God and the devil. And that's what all of it is. I mean, you know, chemtrails. I don't know what they're doing uh, to say that it's to poison people. A friend pointed out, and he's you know got a pretty good engineering sense, he says the parts per million aren't enough to poison you. If they want to poison you, they'll just put it in your food and water. Well, they've already done that. Fluoride and GMO and, you know, corn syrup and and mercury and whatever else. I mean, it's amazing. They put in a vaccine to a baby 25,000 times the mercury level that is allowed in drinking water by the EPA. And they say they're trying to help the baby, (laughs) you know. And it's the number one cause of of mental illness is mercury. And they say, and it doesn't cause, you know, the mental illness of autism. But it does, or it can, you know what I mean? It's just, it's just, you know, radical. So according to Genesis 3, it says there are two bloodlines. There's the bloodline of Adam. It says God says he will put war between the seed of Adam, the seed always means, you know, future generations, and the seed of the devil, future generations. How can the devil have offspring? Well, if Gonzo is right, then it's because of fallen angels. There was this girl a year ago. She's a high school student, apparently a genius. She went through a half a million genealogical names of presidents and their relatives. And get this, 43 of the 44 presidents of the United States are all blood-related. They're all cousins. They can be traced back to the year 1350 in England, the place that has always tried to dominate the world, and who knows where it goes before them. I say they're trying to protect the bloodline of the fallen angels, the Nephilim. It's the bloodline. Remember, I'll put war. War. What is war? What are you trying to do in war? Kill. And what are they trying to do us? Kill. With fluoride. With GMO, they're trying to kill us. Somebody's trying to kill us. It's a war. It's very simple. It's so simple. That's why people can't accept God, because it's utter simplicity. They failed to mention in these documentaries. I saw a documentary on like Discovery Channel having to do with, you know, evolution is real. And they quoted like five scientists, Einstein, Copernicus, you know, Kepler, and all these people, Newton, Da Vinci. And they all tried to misquote them into saying they supported evolution when the exact opposite is true all of those scientists wholeheartedly believed in a divine creator including einstein he said the creation a deliberate creation is the only logical explanation for this a leopard didn't say you know i'm really not catching a lot of game lately i wonder what the problem is i don't think i'm blending into the brush too good i know let me concentrate i'm going to give myself spots there we go ah, I know, I'll be a much better hunter now. It just yeah. didn't happen. You know, right. and to say it happened is really the exact opposite of logic, and yet they're trying to teach us that the exact opposite of logic is logical. That's how amazingly deceptive it is. There was a National Geographic special about how my film was not true. Right. And what they did is they went to a desert at night, they put one big electrical light, They had an actor in an astronaut suit, and they had someone stand, you know, stand next to him, and they said, "Look, in our moon simulation, that shadows do intersect." So Bart Sabrell is wrong. Well, I was going to be on their show until I pointed out the following, and they wouldn't dare air it. I said, "Well, uh, why didn't you just wait 12 hours and shoot this during the day? What you're actually doing is proving me right. You're saying in your moon simulation." The shadows intersect. Well, how are you stimulating it? With an electrical light. So you're saying an electrical light causes the shadows to intersect, and they intersect in the moon pictures, which means the moon pictures were shot with an electrical light, which means they weren't shot on Earth. So the very evidence that proves me right, they were trying to tell the audience that it proved me wrong. Is that right. not the most doublest thing you've ever seen? Yeah. And when I was going to point it out to him on camera, they refused to have me on even after paying me thousands of dollars to do so.
2: Wow. Interesting. Wow. That's fascinating. Uh, well,
1: I yeah. mean, so, so really, it's so simple. It's opposites. It's opposites. Right. You know, you know the rich young ruler. You know, I've got m- everything going for me. You know, I obey all the laws. Okay, then give your money away. Oh, ouch. Ooh, ooh, ow. That too, huh? You right, sure? Right, Wow. You know, it's, that's why it's hard for the rich. Who's the most successful people? I want to be like Arnold Schwarzenegger, the Bushes, Obama, Sidney Crawford, Oprah, all these people I want to be like the world wants to be like they're rich. And what does the Bible say? It's virtually impossible for them to enter the kingdom of heaven.
3: Mm, mm-hmm. That's very yeah. true. Uh, Isn't that amazing? Yeah, yeah. Um, and just as a, as a side note here, the the dragon was dropped from the satellite from the ISS, and it's coming down to Earth, and that was the whole mission uh, for you know the the whole SpaceX pro well, mission look here. At the- but, uh, Look at the Orion mission,
1: and I write about this in Conspiracy Corner. You know, The Orion mission went to 3,600 miles above the Earth. Now, if I go to the grocery store and then I U-turn and come back, what was the point of my trip? The grocery store, right? So Orion goes to 3,600 miles exactly and then comes right back. So what was the point of their trip? Whatever is at. 3,600 miles. What is that? 3,600 miles. The Van Allen radiation mm, Right. They said they wanted to test their equipment, and I'm sure they were doing it. And I bet secretly they had some animals on board. Right. And again, the man who it's named after said it is 10 times more lethal than a radiation dose that is, has a 50% chance of killing you. If there was like one REM a day gives you a 50% chance of dying, and it had, like, 10, 10 rims. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And he totally recants. Von Braun recants by a mathematical factor of 50,000% on how much fuel it will take to reach the moon. Yeah. Now, if a guy is off by math by 50,000%, and he's the guy in charge of the rocket, do you think he could make it to the moon? <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, that's very well, interesting. You know, this has been a really, really... Um, Interesting interview. I'm glad we got you on because, you know, you do take a, a lot of different stances from people that we have had on in the past, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners. So it's been really interesting to hear. Uh, I mean, we've also we've obviously got a lot of things in common as well, uh, which is why you're on here in the first place. But this has been cool, man. I I really appreciate na- that. Now, we're, before we start wrapping up here, I want to know what you're working on right now? Are you doing another movie? Are you just hanging low? Uh,
1: What are you doing? Well, I am writing a book called The Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Moon. It'll be Uh the backstory of why I believe it was fake, you know, not only the evidence, but how it was to meet the astronauts, any other uh, additional information that I wasn't allowed to release until this hour, as well as, um, you know, the spiritual fallout, personal fallout from saying so. Uh, There's a scripture in Galatians 4.16 that says, Have I become your enemy by telling you the truth? And it's amazing. God says in James 4, He opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. And I got to thinking, well, what is the definition of humility? I would say it's simply the willingness to be wrong. And what is pride? The unwillingness to be wrong. Remember the college professor who I met who said if he saw an Apollo astronaut on national TV confessing it was fake, he would still think it was real? Right. He doesn't want to be wrong. And then the word Apollo, that's a nickname, a pagan origin of the devil or deceiver. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And then here's another one from Orwell. He said, The further a society drifts from the truth, the more it will hate those who speak it. Right. And that's what it is. I mean,. We're in the minority, it seems like, if we believe in the Messiah, if we believe in God, if we believe in right and wrong, if we believe the moon landings are fake, You know, if we, if we think you know, the government would, or the Vatican or somebody like that might even fake an alien invasion, well, so be it. I mean, the world is almost entirely deceit. There you have it. <laughs> and, right. and very little truth. It's yeah. sad, but it's all because of that one sin you know, 6,000 years ago, however long it was, you can trace back the genealogy to Adam within you know, about 10 or 20 years, about 6,000 years ago. There you, and go. All, you know, It's like one little match, you know, one little match. It burns a little piece of paper, and next thing you know, it's the table. Next thing you know, it's the wall. Next thing you know, it's the entire skyscraper is on fire. And yeah. that's what's happened then. People think that lies are truth and they think that truth are lies. I mean, there are two ways to deceive somebody. You can tell them a lie, which they think is truth, but you can also tell somebody the truth, and they think it's a lie. Yeah. That's yeah. really bad. Uh, there you go.
2: Now, where, uh, why don't you let the people know where we can uh, follow your stuff, where to keep, uh, keep track of you, where to just get just a hold of, of you, my, where to find just the, go to my,
1: lap, my last yeah. It's S is in Sam, I-B as in boy, R-E-L, sabrell.com. And then I'll have links to Conspiracy Corner, which has my latest articles I'm writing uh, about the lies in the world. And my YouTube channel, which has A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Moon, which you can see the footage of them faking a shot in real time in front of you with the third track, of the CIA, right there. And I'm digitizing some other things. Hopefully, I'll be uploading those and expanding the channel in the near future.
2: Okay. Very cool. Well, thank you so much, Mr. Bart Sabrell, for coming on the show. We appreciate you taking the time out to talk to us. And, uh, you know, maybe we'll talk to you
1: next time. All righty, Basil, Gonzo, good to talk to you both. Wish you, you well and success. You too, buddy. You too. Thanks for being on. So there
2: you have it, folks. That was Bart Woo. Um, Very enthusiastic man. Had some interesting things to say. You know, throwing the Bible out there a lot. So that's always nice.
3: Throwing uh, a truth serum in your face. (laughs) In
2: in your face. So I hope you guys enjoyed that as much as we did. Make sure to go to his website and check out all of his things and his movies and his book coming out. And there you go. Let us know what you think. Now, it's that time. (laughs) If you're not already our friend on Facebook, you can go ahead and search Canary Cry Radio. Give us a like. You'll get all sorts of cool updates. Gons has been really active putting up uh, Face Like the Sun videos on there. Yep. So that's good. Keep doing that.
3: Yep. Been trying to yep. bust out a video a day during the week, yeah. which is kind of hard to do. But
2: Well, you've been, do- you've been doing a great job. I don't know how you do it. I don't either. Magic.
3: No, not, not magic. Science. Um, depends on what kind of science.
2: Jesus. Yay. All right, everybody. We have also got iTunes. Please go on there, leave us a rating and a review, give us some stars. You know, you love, you have hate, whatever it is, just let us know. Awesome. We like that. Yeah. And uh, what else? We got Twitter. We got all sorts of stuff. We also got canarycryradio.com. You can go ahead and go there, listen to all the episodes. We've also got show notes um, for the shows. And if you guys. just feel so inclined to help Canary Cry Radio stay on the air to keep us going. You can go ahead and, um, you know, financial support is welcome and very much appreciated. A lot of you uh, have been helping us out recently and we are just so, so, so grateful. It truly um, not only shows me and Gans that uh, what we're doing is, is touching people, but it's also helping the project go forward. So there you go. So if you like Canary Cry Radio, you'll love Basil and gons in your ear, and the Lord is just touching you. Yeah. In that, in that money bone.
3: And uh, you know, in about a year and a half, if Planet X is going to show up, then uh, yeah, you know, we're we're going to just keep going until uh, until it does, and we're
2: yeah. And you just heard that all your gold is going to be worthless. So you can go ahead and send <laughs> your gold to Canary Cry Radio. <laughs> Just email us all your gold. But we have a support tab there. And there you can uh, sign up for a monthly donation of any sort of amount. We have a few options there. Five, ten, twenty-five, fifty, a hundred dollars a month. One thousand. Actually, yes. we don't have a thousand. But oh, we don't. If but you if, you, <laughs> if, you, if you want so to, led. we can figure that out. Um, but if commitment's not your thing, you can go ahead and make a one-time donation in any amount you want. Dollars or cents. It's great. Yep. Go do it. Yeah. Also, uh, we've got our Amazon store on there where if you click through our Amazon store, you can actually access all of Amazon and you can buy all of those plasma TVs that you want. What is this? 2004? Who buys plasma TVs? LED TVs, big screens, <laughs> everything that you're going to buy anyways. But if you go through our store, we get a small percentage of that. and That also helps us out. So you guys are great. Not yep. just cause the money thing, just cause you're great.
3: Yeah, and we uh, we love you guys, and we, yeah. you know we. Uh,
2: Whoa, Gon's dropping the L bomb.
3: Okay, is that <laughs> is that weird?
2: No, uh, no, that's good. I love I love them too. I love them more.
3: Yeah, and, them more and you know we've been getting a lot of email from you guys, and yeah. we're trying to get back to all of them. Yeah, but keep it coming. Yeah, keep it coming. We're keep it coming. We're
2: we've, we're on a we're on a regimen email regiment. So if you haven't gotten a response from us yet, sit tight. You know, maybe send another one. Who knows? Who cares? We like hearing from you guys. So there you go. Stay connected. Stay blessed. Bless others. Make sure to tune in next time to Canary Cry Radio. But until you do, think outside the cage.